So anyway, we're starting a new sermon series today called Rule Breaker. How many rule breakers in the house? <laughs> They're like, party! Forget those rules. So some of you just cringed when I said rule breaker. You're like, oh, no, that's, that's not loud. That's not allowed. You can't do that. We're going to make a rule up for you breaking the rules. So, um, so we'll deal with both sides. But I, I want to say this caveat up front for, for those of you who think I'm getting ready to preach carnality for the next four weeks. Um, this has nothing to do with holiness. Now, I know that's a term we don't use very often in church anymore, holiness. But we just preached six weeks on imitating God. So if you imitate God, my assumption is that you'll be sinning less. Amen. Right? Right. My, my, my assumption is, is that if your goal in life is to imitate God, if you just walked out of six weeks of imitate God, imitate God, imitate God, then, then you would be sinning less today than you were six weeks ago. Somebody say amen about that. Well, I was looking at him and say, thank God. <laughs> so, so when I talk about rule breaking, I don't, I don't mean in the sense that we don't need holiness anymore. The Bible says, be holy because God is holy. If you're going to imitate God, it's going to include not sinning as much, right? So I, I don't want you to get the idea that when I talk about I'm painting a picture of, of being a rule breaker, that I'm like, oh, you, don't, you can do whatever you want. That's not what we're talking about here. But we are going to figure out what it means. All right. So I'm going to read a story to you. And by the way, don't you like how I put the R backwards? That just makes some of you grammar people just flip out right there. Like, oh, you oh, broke the rule. It's supposed to all be straight. I should have spelled the whole thing backwards and started from the other side. Made you, like, I can't stand people that do English and, like, like what is it, punctuation and stuff. I don't even know why you need it. We're in a text message world now. You don't need punctuation. You need a smiley emoji. <laughs> you didn't put a period. I put a smiley emoji and it doubled, it just double duty there. It's period and I'm happy about what I just said. <laughs> and if you accuse me of misspelling something, I didn't misspell it. The computer missed it. Like, let's get this straight. The computer missed it. I didn't misspell it. Rules. Golly. All right, stand to your feet. We're going to read the John chapter 4 together, starting in verse 4. Some of you, this may be a familiar uh, story to you. Um, we're going to read it and look at some things, all right? Now, can you do this? If you're taking notes or something, every time we get to a place, you're going to hear a rule, and then you're going to hear vision, all right? And, and I, I hope we're going to look at this story a little differently than maybe you've ever looked at it before. You're going to hear rules, and you're going to hear vision. Rules, vision, rules, vision. And, and we're, going to, we're going to look at that, all right? Start in verse 4. Now, he had to go through Samaria. The King James Version, I love that part. It says, he must needs. So what that means is he had to go through Samaria. He went there on purpose. He came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Joseph's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? 
his disciples has gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? All right, that's a rule. That's a rule, right? Samar- Jews did not associate with Samaritans. It was crazy that he even went through that part uh, of the country. And, he, and he's sitting down. Now a woman has come out in the middle of the day and he's asking her for a drink. And she went, oh, there's rules against this. I'd like to think Jesus just went, I'm thirsty. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So she says, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. That's a rule. Jesus answered her. If you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Break down vision under that. See, rules and then there's vision. Rules, vision, rules, vision. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw from and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself? As did also his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water that I give them will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Vision. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I don't want, I don't want to get thirsty. And have to keep coming back here to draw water. He told her, go and call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands. And the man you're with now is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. (laughs) You realize that Jesus cast vision there? He didn't tell her about a rule. And if we could figure out how to do that with people who are sinning around us, we would win many people to Christ. When people who fail, it says gently restore them. Hey, listen, why don't you go get your husband? I don't have a husband. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. The guy you're with now is is not your husband either. Sir, I see you're a prophet. He never mentioned one rule. Jesus said to her, or he says, so she changes the subject. (laughs) Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. And and we're going to stop talking about my husbands right now. (laughs) Our ancestors worship on this mountain. So where do you go to church? (laughs) I've had five husbands. Oh, yeah, where do you go to church? (laughs) Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews call claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Rules. Did you hear that? More rules. You worship here, we worship there. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know and we worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming. Casting vision. A time is coming. And has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Could you imagine standing there? 
Skip down to verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told them everything I ever did. Then we talked about church. <laughs> so when the Samaritan, Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. And they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. We know this man really is a savior of the world. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, help us to be rule breakers for the kingdom. And we pray that this gospel would go far and wide as we follow you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. All right, ask your neighbor, do you like making rules or do you like breaking rules? Do you like making rules or do you like breaking rules? Would you rather make a rule or break a rule? Wow, this is lively discussion. Would you rather make a rule or break a rule? Well, I could tell you up front, at least from the testimony of my wife, that I am not a rule follower. I thought I was. Uh, I, I mean, I thought I obeyed the rules, and then one day something happened, She's, and we were talking about it, she was like, you do not follow the rules. And I'm like, I follow the rules that matter. <laughs> Which means by definition that I'm a rule breaker. Proverbs 29, 18, the message paraphrase, says this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals... They are most blessed. Other translations of that portion of scripture says, where there is no vision, people perish. Where there is no vision, people perish. We live in a society of rules, and I'm not against all rules. Some rules are good, right? Like, don't murder. That's a good one. Don't steal your neighbor's stuff. That's another good one. These are like top ten rules. Don't commit adultery with your neighbor's wife. Another good one. Another good one. So that you may have a long life on this earth, right? That's a top ten. Obey, you know, honor your mother and your father. That is the first commandment with a promise, right? This is the first commandment with a, so that you may have a long life because your parents will kill you. So... I'm not against all rules. Don't, don't, don't get that pic picture that, that I'm just an anarchist. I'm obviously not an anarchist. I showed up on time here this morning. I'm doing it by the rules so far. But Jesus did a lot more of vision casting than he did rulemaking when he was here. And I started thinking about that in the context of this story. You know, the Samaritan woman comes to Jesus and she, or, or they, he, he's at the well and, and he really shouldn't be there. He shouldn't be in that town. He shouldn't be at the well. And this woman comes up and you can do a little research. A woman that's coming to the well at that time of the day probably is not, doesn't have a great history. And we end up finding that out. <laughs> By the way, how many of you would like to Jesus to read your dirty laundry and then write it down for everybody for all eternity to read? Chris, go back and get your wife. Ah, <laughs> so, so they were breaking, he was breaking a lot of the rules in, just from the jump. And she points it out to him. How is it that you can ask me for a drink of water? 
And I think Jesus just came at things from a different angle than most people. He really, any rule that kept him from ministering to somebody, he willfully broke. Like it was against the law to heal somebody on the Sabbath, and he says, stretch your hand out. And they're like, he's breaking the rules. And then he's like, so so if a sheep gets, you don't go after the sheep on the Sabbath? So you're, you're holding me to this rule that I can't heal somebody? So, so it was like he was constantly questioning the rules they were setting up because the rules they were setting up were keeping people from having an experience with God. Those are the rules I hate. I mean, I hate them. I hate rules for just for the sake of having rules. Some of you create rules because it makes you feel fulfilled. Have you ever been in a place where they make a rule for one person? I hate those rules more than anything. Like everybody that you work with could be killing it. Like showing up to work all the time. One guy shows up late consistency. And now there's a new rule book in the employee hand, handbook. And you're like, what? Just call the guy in and tell him he's an idiot. You don't have to punish everybody else. You don't have to give a time clock for everybody else. We are all coming on time. But because of him. Oh, I hate those rules. I hate those rules. I'm like, let's all ridicule him till he leaves. And then we can go back and not have the rule anymore. Just fire people. It's a lot easier, right? Jim was late again. Well, there's another rule. Jim's been standing by the water cooler for four hours. There's another rule. We're going to not be able to stand by the water cooler. So, but we do that a lot of times because it's easier to make rules, isn't it? It's easier to make rules and have conversations with people. Oh, man. Like some of your HR departments are just like flying with the rules. You're kicking them out like nobody ever told me anything about this. We're not going to have a conversation with you. We just created another rule. We're going to fix this thing with a rule. How many of you know rules never kept anybody from doing anything? How long has thou shalt not murder been a rule? How how long has it been a rule at your place of employment to show up on time? Like since the start. People still show up late. And I'm going, we have all these rules, but it doesn't seem like anybody really cares about following them to 100%, does it? And, and then your rule followers are looking at me going, you're the problem. Like, <laughs> if you would just fall in line and do what you're told every time, then it would all work out. Well, if Jesus fell in line and did what he told every time, he wouldn't be talking to the woman at the well. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not telling you to show up late to your employment, but I'm saying, but I'm saying the, sometimes the rules that we create can, can create chasms between people. So what I have found is, um, and through this journey of raising kids, and, and, and we, we felt like we've completed one section of it, only to have the fear that now we wonder if she listened, because we're getting ready to drop her off at like number four party school in the country. <laughs> Great decision, mom and dad. <laughs> All right, you're full of Jesus. Now get out into the world and go win some people. The best place to do that is the worst place on the planet. <laughs> so, 
you're trying to convince us on Friday that it was a great place to get a degree. I'm like, I'm sure it is. It's also a great place to be drunk every day of the week. So um, pray for us. What I found out is that, um, I, like, by nature, I don't make up rules, okay? I, I just don't like doing it. If, if you talk to any of the staff here, I'm not, I'm not great on making rules. I'm just not. And let me give you a little backstory about why that is, because I believe in effectiveness. <laughs> Some of you are thinking rules make people effective. <laughs> so I started thinking about it. it would be much easier for me as the pastor here to make, I get here about 730 in the morning. I drop my son off at, at the middle school, and I just come straight here, and I like that time when nobody else is here, because people in general can get on my nerves sometimes, so, uh, so I just like being here when it's quiet. Our, our um, secretary's over there laughing. <laughs> That's why she comes in at nine. So <laughs> I just like the peace every now and then, like I don't have to shut the door, nobody else is coming in. And it's just nice to be there. Now, if I, so here's what we do. We make rules that suit us, right? So I could very easily, it would be so easy for me. Okay, everybody in the office now has to come at 7.30. God wakes up early. And so you should be at the office early. You should be getting things done. You should be making it happen. Well, I could do that. But what I figured out is some people don't function well at 7.30. So my goal is not just to have people in the office, it's to have people effective. It's, it's to be able to say, like, if you, if you have to come in the office at 7.30, but there's somebody actually asking you to go to breakfast and you could go, you could go spread the gospel with that person, but I, you have to be in the office at 7.30. No, no excuses whatsoever. And, and I make you miss that God-given appointment then my rule calls you to be less effective for the kingdom. And so I'm like, dude, we'll come in wherever you want. It's not quite that loose. But we strive for effectiveness, not just rule following. Because how many of you know there are people that you work with that can follow all the rules and still be off employees? <laughs> Amen. He comes early. But I hate him being here. <laughs> so so I, I started asking myself, it, the easier thing for me to do would be to make the rule. The harder thing for me would be to cast the vision. Let's, have, let's just have a starting ground for what vision is. Vision is a preferable future. It's just, it's just a preferable thing out there. We're not there yet, but we've got a picture of it. It's a preferable future. It's where I want to be. Close your eyes. Don't bow your heads. We're not going to pray. Just close your eyes. Close your eyes and think, what is my preferable future? Some of you are laying by the beach. Some of you are, um, no, that's enough. Okay. <laughs> So watch this. The way that you get to that preferable future probably doesn't include making another rule in your life. Probably doesn't. Because if we could rule ourselves into preferable futures, we would not have to cast vision for it. I, I, could, I could do mission trips like this. Instead of standing up uh, week after week and saying, or, or, or building a building, that would be even better just to make rules. Watch this. Here's how we could do it. 
So instead of standing up week after week saying, listen, God has called us to reach the lost. God has called us to, to sacrifice, to reach more people. And, and, and like Pastor Chantel said, we need more room to be able to do that and cast the vision, cast the preferable future. Prefer, and then to try to convince you that that's preferable. Instead of doing that, I can make a rule that in order to be a part of this church, you have to give to that. Okay, you want to be a part of this church? You have to donate 20 hours a week to the construction of this building. And we could just come up with a number. $10 million. That'd be great. I could just make a rule. Just I don't even have to think about it. I don't, have to, I don't have to be creative. Here's the rule. I could email the rule out and not talk to you. You want to be a part of this church? You'll do this. Now, I'd imagine the next day you will all be rule breakers. But that's the way we live life sometimes. It's easier to do that than to cast the vision for the preferable future. But Jesus did the exact opposite. You didn't come, he didn't come to the earth like just quoting all these laws. What are the greatest commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbors yourself. All the law and the prophets are summed up in these two things. I don't need to recite a bunch of rules to you. I'm casting vision for a preferable future. How is it that you can ask me for a drink of water? You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. You shouldn't even be talking to me. If you knew who it was that asked you for a drink of water, you would ask him for water. And he would give you water that you wouldn't thirst anymore. What did he do? He countered a rule with a vision. But I'm going to tell you some vision is so hard sometimes. Because not everybody sees it. And it's very hard. It's very difficult to, to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. So here's what we do with our kids. Um, our, our kids so far have turned out pretty good. I always make the caveat. They got time to screw it up just like everybody else. But here's what I wanted to do. I, I didn't have a bunch of rules. Did we? We didn't, have, like, we didn't have a list of rules we hung up on the refrigerator. We didn't have a, and I was talking to my, my oldest daughter, Madeline, one day, and I said um, uh, she was talking about one of her friends uh, at school and talking about her parents being really strict. And it was the first time I'd ever thought about the thing. I'd never thought about being strict as in the sense of, you're not doing that. So I looked at her immediately. And I went, do you think we're strict? Because, you know, I'm, I want to be cool. You know, I don't know. <laughs> and she was like, she like wrinkled her face at me and went, no. And then I got nervous. Because <laughs> I thought, what's she doing that I don't know about? And I just said this. I said, listen, you've never given us a reason not to trust you. It would look a lot different if you did. But here's what we have done consistently. I believe any advice I could give you as a parent or, or as somebody who aspires to be a parent one day is this. Consistency is king. Consistency is king. Uh, some of the problem with parenting is we laugh at them one day, punish them the next for the exact same thing. And the kids are like, whoa, I don't know going to laugh at me today or are you going to, am I going to get grounded? And so we were just consistent. But one of the things we were consistent about more than rules was vision. This is who we are. We, we, we're, we're honest all the time, even when it hurts. And we would show them in our lives how, how difficult it was in certain circumstances to be honest. In the, but we wanted them to see we're honest people. 
I didn't have to make up a rule. These are the consequences for when you lie. Because I talked more about how we don't lie. We talked more about, listen, telling the truth is super difficult at times, but we are going to plow through it headlong. Okay, we're going to tell the truth when other people won't, and it might cost us something. Here's how the story goes, kids. This is what, this is what we're walking through right now. We were honest about this, and it made it more difficult. And they're like, that's dumb. <laughs> or we're generous people. We're not going to do that because we're going to do this. And this is what generosity looks like. We didn't have to make a rule. You're Okay, you got money, and now you're going to give it to your parents so your parent can tithe for you. No, no, no. We just kept talking about being generous. We kept talking about, like, okay, come, the kid comes home and it says, my friend did this, this. Oh, make a rule right. You're not hanging out with them anymore. No, no, no. What do we do in those situations? But the issue is it's always easier to make a rule. That's why as humans we do that. God casts vision, humans make rules. So Jesus came and he would say things like this, the kingdom of heaven is like. What would you do in this situation? What's the rule in this situation? Well, the kingdom of heaven is like this. Do you notice he didn't have a lot of conversation about rules unless it was about the people who made them not being able to keep them? You see, there's always a sticky wicket with rules, and that's why I don't like them so much, because if I make a rule, then I'm bound to keep it. And by nature, I'm a rule breaker. And so like six months after the war, everybody's like, you're not even doing it. I'm like, I know. I shouldn't have made it to start with. This is a dumb rule. So here's what happens. Now, again, I told you at the beginning, like, I'm not talking about holiness. I'm not talking about you need to go, like, Pastor Chris, I go out and pound 15 beers after the service. Rule breakers. That's what I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what are the rules that we have set in place that keep us to be, from being effective in the gospel? Well, they're not written down, are they? They're these rules that are, that are just, they just show up. Well, you can't do that. You can't go there. You can't talk to that person. You know what I love the most? I love hearing about churches that just throw caution to the wind. And, and, the, and there was a guy that planted a church in Virginia uh, in a bar. <gasps> oh, what? Well, I don't know. The bar wasn't open on Sunday or something. And it was an available space. And they were just like, dude, we'll meet here. Could you imagine somebody coming in Hey, I saw the bar was open. What are you guys doing? We're having church. What are you doing in my bar? It's like the woman at the well. What are you doing here asking me for water? I don't know. We're, we're coming here because we care about you. Because Jesus died on the cross, rose again. And he said that he came to seek and save those that are lost. I'm trying to imitate him. And so I'm trying to do the same thing. And I thought, I thought we'd just come here and minister to people. I know it doesn't look like a normal church. I know it doesn't seem like we should be here. But you know that, that church took off. I've heard of churches being started in strip clubs. <laughs> Not while it was happening, but on the day off, right? So what is it? 
And we had a conversation about this. One of the things I love about this church is, is that we, we aren't by nature a bunch of like, you can't do that, you can't do that. That's not the gospel. That's not, Jesus wouldn't do that. Jesus wouldn't. I, I, like, I try to remind myself, Jesus was in eating dinner with a bunch of high, high-flying religious leaders and a prostitute comes in and washes his feet. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Jesus is cool with having church anywhere. <laughs> so what we do, though, is that we set, up, we set up rules because vision is difficult. Casting vision for a preferable future is difficult, and it's more easy to make rules. The problem is we got to follow them. The problem is the rules, that, the arbitrary rules that we set up because we think it's going to help us get to where we think we're going to go, that, then we have to follow them too. And Jesus pointedly pointed that out to the, to the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23. He says to the crowd and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to obey everything they tell you. But do not do what they do. For they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. He's saying, listen, they've made up so many rules to be right with God that nobody can do it. They put this burden on everybody. And Jesus came, he said he would come and be a stumbling block to a lot of people. What is he doing? He's healing people on the Sabbath. He's saying he can forgive sins. He's talking to people he shouldn't talk to. He's hanging around with tax collectors and sinners. We don't do that. We don't do that. You know what my prayer is? My prayer is that you have friends that would raise the eyebrows of other people. Amen? Amen? My, my, my prayer is that this church will be able to minister in places that other churches have rules against. Jesus said it does, it does the religious leaders no good to make up rules that they won't keep, but they, but they put them on everybody else. You know what? That's, that's why I started wearing clothes like this. I only have a couple suits, and one of them didn't fit anymore. I was so proud I got into it a couple months ago. And, you know, now I'm on the yo-yo diet again. <laughs> but I just thought, I don't want anybody walking into this church thinking, I instantly didn't obey the rules. I want them to see a group of people who are so passionate about the gospel going forward that they don't need rules to manage that. He said, love the Lord your God with everything that you have. Love your neighbor as yourself. This, you don't need any rules against that. What did we talk about last week? The gifts of the Spirit in Galatians 5. You don't need any rules to govern those things. So if the church, if we, if we were able to look at our neighbors and cast a preferable future of eternal life, of grace and mercy, forgiveness of your sins, a God that loves you in spite of all that you've done, which they've never heard before, instead of saying, man, I can't believe you did that again. Most of the people I run into already know they've broken the rules. And so I want to cast a vision for a future that the vision is enough to get us there. Amen? I mean, come on, you should obey the speed limit. You should do all those things. But what are we doing? What are the rules that we're creating? I was so afraid of when we were raising, or we still are, but 
raising our kids. Am I making rules that make sense? Am I, am, am I, am, am I going to set a rule up that actually drives my kid away from God? I remember those when I was a kid. I remember not being able to go to the movies, but all the board members had VCRs. And I'm like, so the rule is i got to wait six months until it comes out on a VHS tape. And I thought, I thought this doesn't make any sense to me. And I remember Pastor Don saying that his son Ryan had taught him so much. He said, because he never accepted anything the first time around. Oh, this is what we should do. You t- why? That doesn't make any sense. And then he said he would be like, you're right. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So when we try to make rules to keep people from sinning, instead of creating a relationship with a God who can pour enough love into their life to make them not want to sin anymore. Oh, church, it's so much different, isn't it? I don't want to cheat on my wife because I love her, not because it's a rule. I want to be generous because I love God and what he's done for me. I was on the way to church this morning thinking, God, your grace has made me better than I could be on myself. Like, I'm better than I could be on my own. And your grace has given me opportunities that I could never have had on my own. I want to imitate you. I want to be generous because I love you, not because a rule told me I had to. And whenever the church dips into making rules versus casting vision, we're not going to get the same results. It's going to be schizophrenic. And then when the world sees us unable to keep them, they will cast us off. That's a scary part for me. I'm terrible at keeping the rules. And, and Jesus is actually telling his followers, listen, listen, you see the Pharisees and teachers of the law? They sit in the seat of Moses and you have to do everything that they say. But don't do what they do. What are we casting vision for? A church that will go as far and wide as God will send us, that we will finance the gospel as, and sacrifice for it, that, that we will love people that nobody else will love, that we will accept people nobody else will accept, that we will walk in the footsteps of Jesus and touch people nobody else will touch. That we will tackle circumstances and situations that makes other people skittish, but we will jump right into the middle of it and show love and grace and mercy and truth. And we will create a church that people love God and want to imitate him and don't need rules to do it. You know what I want my staff to do? I want my staff to show up to work to spread the gospel, and I want them to do it effectively. And I don't want to have to set a time in the morning where they have to do it. I want them to show up on their own because they love God with everything they have and they will work harder from 9 o'clock in the morning till 6 at night than they ever would have at 7.30 in the morning and I'm just fine with that. So if somebody looks and smells different than us, we don't have to make a rule that they take a bath. I mean, it will be helpful. (laughs) Preferable future. Clear and consistent revelation brings blessing. You know, the difficulty apart about this part, and this is the last thing, the band would come up. Here's the difficulty. 
In order for a rule to be a rule, you only have to say it once. You only have to write it down. I can put it in the employee handbook today and not even make an announcement. Oh, that's a rule. Well, how'd that come out? I just made it. I'm the ultimate authority, and I just wrote the rule. There's rules out there we don't even know about. Most of the rules out there we don't know about. The hard thing about vision is you can never let up off the gas. You have to say it every single day. You have to proclaim it every day. And so if you're going to live a life that reaches other people in spite of the stigmas and rules and all those things, then you're going to have to be close to Jesus every day. Because where there, are, where there is no vision, people perish. It doesn't say where there are no rules, people perish. It says where there is no vision. So here's what we have to do as a church. We have to keep the vision clear and in front of us all the time. What has God called us to do? Serve, save, shape. And to take that as far and wide as he will send us. God, what did you want me to do today? You want me to serve people? You wanted me to proclaim the gospel to people? And you wanted me to make disciples? And you wanted me to do it as far and wide as you, call, as you will call me to go? Okay. What do you want me to do today, Lord? Kid, when, you, when, you're, when your kid comes and asks you a question and, you, and you're unsure, your, your knee jerk is just to make up a... No, we're not doing... All right, son. What God called us to do, he called us to serve people. Is what you're about ready to do going to serve somebody? Is it going to present the gospel to somebody? Is it going to help somebody? Be a disciple of Christ? Is it, is it God's will for your life? I don't need to make a rule about it. I just need to cast a vision to him. I need to be consistent with who God called us to be. What did God call us to do? You want to stay out till 11 o'clock? Is it going to honor God? Because I don't have a rule about how late they can stay out. Because I remember we have to be home at 10 o'clock no matter what was going on. I'm like, I hate that rule. What are you going to be doing? Is what you're going to be doing honoring God? So I, I can, I don't need a rule about showing up on time for work because it doesn't honor God when you're late. Come on, somebody say amen. So what are we going to do? We're going to leave this place and we're going to say, like Jesus, you cite a rule. I say the kingdom of heaven is like this. Do this. Oh, you cite another reason why we can't do this. No, the kingdom of heaven is like this. No, 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 no. 31 times in Matthew alone, the kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like this. Hey, what about this rule, Jesus? The kingdom of heaven is like this. Let me cast vision for you about what it's going to look like, the preferable future that God has sent me to die for. Let me, let me show you what it's going to look like. Oh, what about this rule? What about this rule? Hey, the kingdom of heaven is like this. And what if we painted a picture that God was so desirable, that forgiveness was so amazing, that grace was, uh, that it really, really was amazing grace. What if we painted that picture to our society? What if we walked out of these walls and, and didn't talk about rules so much about, well, the pastor didn't follow the rule again. No, no, no. What if we walked out and went, hey, listen, Grace is as amazing as a song says it is. And Jesus died for you just like he did for me. And, and I want to help you meet him. I, like eternal life is really beyond anything you can ever ask. It's beyond your imagination. You have never thought about anything this glorious. Listen, God is for you and with you. The Bible says it. 
that he's working everything out together for your good. Listen, the preferable future is that Jesus died for you and he wants to save you. I don't care what you wear to church as long as you wear something. I think that could be a rule. The gospel is going to go far and wide. And we're going to cast the vision for it to happen. Amen? And I believe there's a group of people here that are bent on making it happen. So every morning we're going to wake up, we're going to cast the vision. Far and wide, Lord, serve Savior. Far and wide. I don't need a rule to govern that. Far and wide. I don't need somebody to make up a rule for me, tell me where I can and can't go. Far and wide, Lord. Far and wide. Amen? Come on, stand. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you take off everything that hinders us from spreading your gospel. Lord, that if we are people who are, who are bent on making rules to govern things, Lord, I pray that, that you'd help us to cast vision. Lord, I'd help you see that a revelation of who you are and who you want us to be is better than any rule we could ever make. And I pray, Lord, that when people encounter us, people saved by your grace, that when they encounter us, they would encounter true freedom. They would experience peace and love and joy for the first time. Lord, that, a, that, that we would be known for what we're for, not what we're for against. So I pray as we leave this building today, I pray as we get a clear picture of who you are and who you want us to be, God, that we could... We could live that out and we could cast that vision on a consistent basis. It would be on the tip of our tongues. And Lord, I pray that our love for you and the grace that you poured out on us would be enough to govern us. And God, we preach freedom to people. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Come on, could you give it up for him? His grace is good this morning. 